person's number one job is their own happiness. Yes. The longest and most significant relationship that you're ever going to have in your life is the one that you have with yourself. So your happiness, your fulfillment, your health, all matter. And no one can bring those to you more than you can bring them to yourself. So this isn't even about being in optimal condition to make the world a better place. This is about being in optimal condition to make your world a better place. Today's guest is Shannon Graham, a transformational coach and leadership expert that went from being homeless to now changing the world by tackling impossible projects and creating expanding leaders. So if you want to learn how to lead and live from abundance and take your life to the next level, you're going to love this episode. So Shannon, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to have you. So I want to dive, before we you know, talk about leadership and all that, I want to dive really quickly into your own story. Because I think this process that you went through of going, you know, from being homeless in New York to identifying your gifts and then taking massive action to create this life that you have now is just absolutely mind-blowing. So can you maybe take us back for a moment to a time, you know, you were you know, first in that school bus, then being homeless in New York, and how you start to identify your gift and live from that? Yeah, you know, I, um, I grew up in a family that didn't have a lot of money, and so uh, there was actually a period of time where we lived on a, on a school bus, on an old school so, bus. So to all of you? My whole family, yeah. Yeah, wow. <clears throat> and um, after high school, I moved to New York City, and I was pursuing a career in fashion. And uh, I was actually homeless in, in New York City for a while as well. And so... Um, you know, you can really sum it all up by saying my childhood was was pretty well acquainted with some uh, adversity. Um, and what I realized about that was there was a difference between what was happening outside of me and how I could show up to it and how that could change things. And so rather than being kind of a, uh, a thermometer in a way, I decided to become a thermostat. Love that. And I essentially thought to myself, what's the most valuable thing that I can bring to the world? And the answer that I got was the most valuable thing that I could bring to the world was my imagination and my creativity in the context of helping people change the world. And so that gave me kind of a pathway to begin to work with leaders and visionaries on uh, changing the world by uh, going after impossible goals. You know, I absolutely love this question of like, how can I serve the world the most, right? How can I provide the most value? Because I think that somewhere where people struggle with often is like, they just focus on like their passions, right? Which is great, right? Like you want to be passionate about what you do. But the challenge I think is like, people don't really identify how they can actually create value for people, for other people, right? They just want to sure. intrinsically feel good about what they're doing. Yep. Yep. And I think that's great. I think it's good to feel great about what you're doing 
Um, and if you have a sense that you want to make the world a better place, very often you can make the world a better place by just feeling better and being a better person. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you have a desire to change the world, then it would be useful to think about how can I take this intrinsic good feeling and translate it in a way that's useful to other people? Yes, yeah, so if, if I'm really getting it right, it's really taking those passions and then really thinking about how can I actually make that valuable, right? Like how can I actually deliver service to people so it's not just the thing that I enjoy, but it's also goes right. for beyond that, yeah. Think about, um, think about an artist, right? An artist could be a music artist or it could be a visual artist. What if some of the greatest artists of all time just kept their artwork to themselves? Well, then the world would never be able to benefit, right? That's value that the world wouldn't be able to experience. And so, um, you know, it's pretty easy for artists because they create something and they look at it and they go, wow, this brings me some, some feelings and, and some joy. I bet if I share this with other people, uh, hopefully they'll feel the same way. Yeah. So that's, that's um, you know, that's kind of clear when it comes to artists, but in a way we are all artists. And so the question is, what is the art that I'm bringing to the world? And, um, you know, how do I share that in a way that creates the most impact? Yeah, for sure. So once people identify, like, this is the art I want to bring into this world, how do they then go about actually doing that? Because what I find is so many times people are stopped because of imposter syndrome, because they don't feel good enough. They don't feel like they're actually valuable enough. Their work isn't good enough. So how can people overcome that? Well, they have to be their best source for value. So what they, they must fundamentally come to the conclusion that there is no person or no amount of money that can make them feel more valuable than they can make themselves feel. Love that. And when that's the case then the money and the admiration of other people actually means something. It doesn't actually mean anything unless you already have the capability to do that for yourself. Um, so, yeah, it's really critical to, to uh, install an operating system where you are your greatest source of value. Yeah, and that really brings us to this idea of the expanded leader, right? Of leading from abundance, leading from overflow and actually having enough yourself rather than just looking at the outside. So can you share with us a little bit about what you mean by the expanded leader and how we can learn to make that shift in our lives? Of course. Um, we can trace some of the flawed ideals of leadership back very far. And the biggest, maybe not the biggest, but certainly one of the biggest flaws that I see in leadership is this idea that the leader must sacrifice themselves. And we see that a lot in our culture. Um, you see this a lot with mothers. Mothers sacrifice themselves for their families. Yes. And as a result, they're very depleted. Um, leaders do this for their companies a lot. They will, they will sacrifice there, you know, if you look at kind of the stereotypical founder of a fast growth company, they sacrifice their health, they sacrifice their family, they sacrifice their relationships. 
very often they sacrifice their happiness and their fulfillment. Yeah. Uh, all for something bigger than themselves. But it's flawed because they've left themselves out. <laughs> so it's kind of silly, right? Like if the idea is you want to change the world, but you exclude yourself. Yeah. <laughs> then very counterproductive. You, it's, it's a little counterintuitive. And from a leadership standpoint, the number one role of a leader is to make more leaders, not followers. Right? And so if what you're doing is fundamentally uh, projecting onto your people that the best thing that they can do is sacrifice their health and their happiness and their friends and their family and their whatever, um, that's probably not something that you want to perpetuate. That's, that's probably not the best uh, strategy for making the world a better place. Yeah, so there's, there's two themes I'm really hearing out of this. So one is sort of this, this happiness and taking care of yourself theme, right? Which like, I think, like you mentioned, so many leaders, so many people in general, right? They forget that like the way to really live at their best, to become the best version of themselves is by first of all, taking care of themselves, by loving themselves, by being happy and healthy and fit and energized because that's really the only way they're going to produce results. And the second thing is, that I'm really hearing out of this is that to be an effective leader, you have to show up as a role model, right? And role model, good leadership, role model, a way for people to actually lift them up rather than bring them down. That's right. There's a third piece that, that uh, you might be missing that I think is important. A, a person, not even, not even a leader, but a person's number one job is their own happiness. Yeah. The longest and most significant relationship that you're ever going to have in your life is the one that you have with yourself. So your happiness, your fulfillment, your health all matter. And no one can bring those to you more than you can bring them to yourself. So this isn't even about being in optimal condition to make the world a better place. This is about being in optimal condition to make your world a better place. Even if the only person's life that got better as a result of you being happier and more fulfilled and, and healthier and having rich relationships, if the only person whose life was improved was yours, then that would be enough. But the truth is, it obviously goes beyond that, right? You become a better role model, you can make a bigger impact, you have more energy, you have more to give, right? So that's all true, but that shouldn't be why people do it, because you're still bypassing yourself. Oh, I get it, Shannon. Uh, I'm gonna, I, I should give to myself so that I have more to give. No, <laughs> you should give to yourself so that you have more period yes and it just so happens as a side effect that you have more to give but that's not why you do it yes you know absolutely love that i think that's such an important key aspect to life and there's this super group graphic that, uh, that i saw recently that basically you know sort of mentions all these external goals people chase whether it's building company finding a dream partner whatever right and if you take all these external goals people are focused on and you really like ask yourself like over and over again, why do you want that? Why do you want to build that company? Well, because I want to, you know, make money. Why do you want to make money? So I can retire early. Why do I want to do that? So I can spend more time with my family. Why do I want to do that? Well, because I want to be happy. Like at the end of the day, I think everything that we do 
and looked for on the outside is ultimately to feel good about ourselves. And yet we think we need to sacrifice that happiness and that joy right now so that one day we'll find it. I well, think that's a very flawed <clears throat> assumption. You're, you're right. There's two parts to that that are important to, to recognize. The first is if you fundamentally lack the ability to fill yourself up from the inside, then you will seek external means to, to do that. And it's fundamentally flawed because you're trying to fill from the inside, from the outside, and you cannot do that. But there's more to it than that. If someone comes to me and they say they want to make more money or they want a, a fancy car or a fancy house, that's okay. If they can internally be overflowing. Yes. It's okay to want a nice car. We live in a, in a, in a physical world. We live in a material world. It's okay to want money. It's okay to want to take trips. It's okay to want a nice house. It's okay. As long as it doesn't come from lack, as long as you're not trying to fill a void that no amount of money or houses or cars will ever fill. Do you know who Osho is? Osho, never heard of. Osho is an Indian guru. He's, he's probably one of the most famous Indian gurus and very, very spiritual. He also had 90 Rolls Royces. Wow. <laughs> because he believed that all of your desires are God seeking to express himself. So whatever you want, whether it's money or to be one with God, it's the same. As long as you are internally full, then your desire is your expansion seeking to express itself. Wow. So the that. desire itself is not bad, but it becomes bad if the reason is off. The right thing for the wrong reason is still the wrong thing. Right? I want to be for one sure. with God. Yeah. That sounds really cool and that sounds really like spiritual and awesome, right? But if the reason is because you feel bad about yourself and it's just a good distraction from feeling bad about yourself, then it's not a good reason. For sure. I absolutely love that. You know, it makes me think of this, this great uh, quote by Jay Shetty. He said something along the lines of, the goal is not that you owe nothing. The goal is that nothing owns you. That's right. And I absolutely love what you're saying. It's distinction, right? That like, Chasing success, chasing money, all this stuff is cool as long as you're actually overflowing from the inside before that, right? So it's, it's sort of just this additional thing, but it's not there to fill a lack of, of you know, internal love or internal joy. So right. how do people then begin to create this internal joy? What, is, what does that internal work look like? Um, I think part of the problem is people think that it's work. What do you mean they, by that? They, well, think about it. If I asked you to close your eyes and to just focus on the feeling of joy. Yeah. Can you feel it? Yes. How much work did that take? <laughs> None. Let's try again. Close your eyes. I want you to imagine the feeling of being deeply worthy. Oh, yes. How much work did that take? No work at all. Do you see the problem? Yeah. 
people think that 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 the inner game takes work it doesn't take work but it takes guidance i had to guide you to that moment for you to feel it you probably weren't going to feel it if i didn't guide you to it right yeah so it's really so, this intention to create that is that's that right. what you say that's right that's right that's right desire desire i have a desire to feel that you could have felt that at any moment but you didn't why not because you didn't want to but simply because you didn't choose to yes right so but if you choose to if you become aware and if you have a desire and you become intentional then you can choose to and in that instant you can feel different no work necessary absolutely love that so so what does the process look like for you do you have certain emotions that you want to create on a daily basis and you keep reminding yourself of yourself of that like every couple of minutes or what does that look like for you um well i have what i call a static and a fluid practice okay so the question is how do i want to feel and then you don't judge what comes up you don't think about it you don't wonder if it's practical you don't wonder if anyone else is doing it You just ask yourself, and, and this, is, this, is, this is a practice just in itself, being honest, being brutally or beautifully honest with what you want. So few people have the ability to do that. So few people have the ability to just be radically honest with what they want. Yeah. Because they think they don't deserve it, or they think it's hard, or, they, or, 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 or whatever the story is, right? So the question is, how do I want to feel? And just be honest. I want to feel grateful. I want to feel worthy. I want to feel excited. I want to feel abundant. I want to feel powerful. I want to feel confident. Whatever. Okay, great. Well, that feeling is available to you right now. Right? For sure. And all you have to do is take responsibility and be intentional to tune into it okay great it's like a radio station back in the day before uh mp3 players and phones and cds and even cassette tapes you just had the radio and in order to hear a certain station in order to hear a certain type of music you had to know the radio station number You had to be able to tune into the specific number in order to hear the music. And if you were one number too high or one number too low, what happened? You couldn't Nothing. hear the music. <laughs> Nothing. Static. Right? So the feeling that you desire exists at a certain frequency. And your job, number one, is first to just become aware of it. Some people don't even know what worthiness really feels like because they don't feel it hardly ever. So the first thing you got to do is get aware about how that feeling feels so that you know what the station is. If you don't know the number of the station, you're kind of screwed, right? Yeah, totally. So you got to get the number. But then I have what I call a static practice and a fluid practice. So the first thing I do in the morning it's static meaning it doesn't move something that's static is still it's stationary right like when you meditate you sit still you close your eyes you're not doing anything 
And the reason is because that moment is very intentional. You want to be very responsible. You want to show up to that moment as powerfully as, as you can. That's why you don't try to meditate while you're driving your car. <laughs> That'd be a bad idea. Yeah. Right? So it's a static practice. So you give yourself the best opportunity to tune in. Let's just say 15 minutes. Okay, I want to feel abundant and I want to feel worthy. I want to feel confident and I want to feel clear. Whatever your, whatever your feelings are, whatever your words are. Okay, great. You know what they feel like. You tune into them for 15 minutes. And for 15 minutes, all you do is just feel it. That's it. Just feel it. And then when you're done, you do your best to carry that with you throughout the rest of the day. This is where most people mess up. A lot of people have, have, have rituals, have morning rituals, where they focus on gratitude or they focus on abundance or they focus on whatever. But then after the timer goes off, they default back to their old vibration. So important. And, and unfortunately, the universe only responds to your predominant vibration, meaning the one that you're tuned into the most of the time. So it's really important to activate the vibration, but it's more important to stay in it for as long as you can, which leads us to the fluid practice. Fluid means moving. It's moving. A river is fluid. It's moving. It's constantly moving. It never stops. Right? And people are fluid for the most part. We stop here and there, but for the most part, we're moving. Right? We go to the gym, then we go to the grocery store, then we work with our clients, then we see our family, then we go over here, then we go over there. We're fluid, right? For sure. But in the background of whatever we're doing is who we're being. And so if we can have like a sub-narration going on or something that, that kind of helps us to remind ourselves to stay in the frequency that we want to be in, the majority of the day, then while we're going through our day and doing seemingly meaningless stuff, like, like going to the grocery store or walking the dog or whatever, you're tuned into your frequency. And that's increasing the probability that tomorrow is going to be good and that you get your goals and that you achieve the greatness or that you whatever. And it also helps ensure that in that moment, you feel the way that you want to feel. Yeah, and so love that. some people need reminders, and it's not a bad thing. Um, some people have a reminder on their phone every hour that simply says, "Hey, where's your where's your vibration right now?" Or, "Hey, where's your frequency right mm -hmm. now?" Or, "Hey, remember to tune into confidence and and power or like whatever." Right? Uh, I know a guy who every time he walks through a doorway, he's 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 created an anchor, a trigger that every time he sees a doorway, every time he walks through a doorway, that is a reminder to get back into his frequency. So you can create whatever kind of tricks you want, right? Um, but it, it, and it, and one is not better than the other, it doesn't matter, but something to constantly keep you in that feeling. Because the only thing that's necessary is just intention, right? Yes. Like I said, you could have felt joy just before I asked you to, but you weren't, not because you didn't care or not because you didn't want to, just because you weren't, being, you weren't thinking about it. But if we think about it, if we're intentional about it, then we can feel it. And if we do that more often than not, 
that completely changes our life. You know, Shannon, this is literally the key to happiness. And I absolutely love what you're saying here because this is quite literally how I learned to be happy myself, like about a year ago. So, right. So what I did, like I had these triggers on my phone. So every like hour between 5 a.m. and 10 p.m., an alarm would go off that said present, excited, powerful. Like those were my three words that I wanted to condition myself with, right? So it's exa the exact same process that, that you're describing here of having this sort of fluid practice throughout the day so that, you know, it's not just limited to those 15 minute meditations in the morning and then you stop thinking about it, but you actually have these constant reminders throughout the day. Like this is how I want to feel. So I absolutely love that. That's right. That's right. Super cool. Now on the show, um, I want to switch gears here a little bit. We always yep. love to celebrate failure as a stepping stone to building more character, building more resilience. So do you throughout your life or career have a favorite failure? Uh, definitely one of them is uh, I was invested in the foreign exchange market at one time um, and was doing very well with that. Um, and the success of that was taking away from my focus on making the world a better place. Wow. And so, uh, one day, um, I, I made a trade that essentially wiped out my entire account. Wow. How did that feel? And, uh, devastating, devastating. And then it was devastating. And then almost immediately after it was a relief and it was excitement because I felt like I could get back to work. <laughs> <laughs> so it's one of my favorite failures because it reminded me that money is not the answer to everything. And this is again, where a lot of people go wrong. People are like, Oh, money's not the answer. Money is the answer to a lot of questions. For sure. Let's not, let's not get it twisted. Money solves a lot of things. It can solve hunger. It can solve water. It can solve energy. It can solve a lot of stuff, uh, uh, important stuff. So anyone that tells you that money doesn't matter, doesn't have it. <laughs> money matters, but it's not everything. As the venerable Kanye West once said, Having money is not everything, not having it is. Yes. <laughs> right? So I realized that I wasn't getting everything that I wanted. And this is where people mess up uh, on the other side. They think money solves everything. Some people think money is, is something to be avoided, that it's evil. And some people think that it just solves everything. Well, it's neither. It's not, it's not bad. And it can help you do some really good stuff but it's not everything. It's right in the middle. And I woke up to that. And that was super valuable. And that was, that was a failure that I didn't know existed in my mindset until I got that big punch in the face. Yeah, you know, I absolutely love it because I think it's oftentimes these failures, right? That make us realize our limited perspective of the world that make us realize that the way we've been going so far isn't actually the way that we authentically want to live our lives. So right. I love what, we, what are you saying here, right? About like finding that middle ground between it's this almighty thing and it doesn't matter at all. It's, it's usually the middle, right? That's yep. where the actual truth lies. Yep. 
Now, what do you think is, is the biggest thing, like the number one thing that actually holds people back from becoming better leaders? Um, probably their, their worthiness of themselves, of how worthy they believe they are. Because you can only expand as a leader, uh, as a visionary, to the degree that you are willing to receive. You can only expand to the degree that you are willing to receive. And if you fundamentally don't believe that you're enough, then you're, only, you're not willing to receive very much. And even if you somehow are, are willing and able to receive a lot of money, that's only one dimension in a multi-dimensional world. And so your leadership gets pretty, uh, uh, um, stunted, if you will. Yeah. And so the best thing that you can do as a leader is to say, okay, the more worthy I believe I am, the more I'm willing to expand in all these different ways, the more I can show up for other people, including myself, and not only uh, create great impact in the world, not only create great income in the world, but create a great uh, example to how people can, can not only achieve, but how they can be. And yes. I think that's really what makes the difference. You know, I absolutely love this, this process of going from always trying to give more, right, to actually accepting that it's okay and it's necessary to get also to receive to take things in, whether it's happiness or money or whatever else. So absolutely well, love let's that. Let's think of it like this. Uh, which one is more important, inhaling or exhaling? Inhaling, yeah. Both. <laughs> it's a trick question. True. Got me there. What if all you did was just inhale? Yeah, that, not good. <laughs> Wouldn't work. What if all you did was just exhale? Wouldn't work. So which one is necessary? Both. Which one is most important? Both. Which one should you do equally? Both. This is the real kicker, my friends. If you want to get any value out of this podcast, it's this right here. What I am helping the world move towards is a reality where people are receiving just as much as they're giving. That's the key. Because it's a, it's a circle, right? Breathing, you breathe out and you breathe in. It's a continuous flow. And the world has gotten so obsessed with giving, 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 giving. And it's because fundamentally they don't believe that they should get. They don't believe they're worthy to receive. So, so it actually becomes kind of easy to give when you don't think you can get, that's kind of your default, right? Yeah. In a way, it's creative avoidance. You are creatively avoiding dealing with and reconciling your worthiness. So instead you just give. And it looks really cool on the outside, but underneath the hood, it's all messed up. Yes, absolutely love that. Now, Shane, I know you have to go. So before I ask my final question, where can listeners connect with you online? Uh, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me uh, on Instagram. You can find me on shannongram.com. Uh, those are, those are the top places. Fantastic. Now, final question. What is your quest for greatness? So what's a big vision you have for your life? Uh, well, it's really what I just said. It's, it's 
at the end of my life to be able to look at the landscape of the world and know that I've helped contribute to make the world a place where people receive just as much as they give. And not just money, but I mean every kind of currency, love, significance, energy, passion, uh, you name it. Receiving all of that just as much as they give it. Imagine what the world will look like when that's the case.